Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days. You can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and we're back and this week we have with us Robert Raymond Rupel. Raymond, how are you, brother? I'm very good in yourself. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm all thawed out compared to what's going on in your part of the world. <laughs> it's uh it's freezing where you are. Below freezing. Yeah. It, it's winter time here and you know we've had a pretty good winter but um this week we're in the minus 30s minus 40s so you know you just stay inside you snuggle up it's a good reason not to go anywhere so except for on interviews <laughs> <laughs> i bet i bet i um yeah it's uh, let's just call it cuddle weather over there <laughs> um for those That's tuning it. in to robert for the first time He's an author. He's a trainer. He's the founder of A Mentor A Incorporated. Um, he brings heart and energy to all the different trainings that he delivers on stage. There is so much that he's uh, accomplished with, you know, going from 
a lot of money in debt. We'll let Robert tell the story at some point um, to being financially free at the age of 32. So he's been through a journey nonetheless, uh, to put it sort of succinctly and short. Um, Robert, it's such a pleasure to have you here and, and your blessings and your energy with us here today. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, I'll tell you, you know, when any chance I get to travel around the world and I don't even have to leave my office or my home and, and go out into that cold, how much better does it get than that, right? <laughs> Although you- I will say, you and I did talk. I miss the interaction. Uh, you know, going from 200,000 miles a year flying around the world, being on live stages to all of a sudden now almost 11 months of no travel. It's mm-hmm. just, it's driving me I won't say it's driving me crazy because I'm already crazy. It's driving me normal, which is worse than being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Let's start there, man. Let's talk about being crazy because that's one of the things I often find myself in coaching sort of sharing to people is embrace your crazy. There is so much, I guess, just atrophy in playing it normal. Can you tell us a little bit about you wrote the book, Success um, Left a Clue, and uh, probably left a clue or two. <laughs> I imagine we're going to find out some of those clues. Um, but yeah, like, what does it mean to you to be crazy and why the fear of being normal in your world? Well, you know, for me, I come from a very basic family that was all about in the box thinking. Mm. And because we were born on the wrong side of the tracks, we were born um, not wealthy. We were born very, very struggling, just getting by paycheck to paycheck. One of the things, and I didn't know it was different. To me, this was normal. And this is what I want people to understand right out of the gate. Your normal is your normal for you until you learn different. You don't know what you don't know. And so my parents, one of the things they instilled in me right away was to take care of your family. You do whatever you need to do legally, ethically, morally to make sure you're taking care of your family. So for the normal for me was we would move from town to town, city to city, just so my parents could find a new job to keep working to support the family. And so for me to be in a school for six months was almost like a blessing. If I got to stay in one school for a year is like, this is awesome. Not knowing that all these other kids, they were used to staying in one home, going to the same schools, having the same friends. And it wasn't until I was in grade four that I I ended up staying in the first place where we were there for more than a year. And it was like, what's going on here? This is kind of different. And because we were taught, you know, that, you do whatever it takes. When I started working at a young age, if I, you know, my parents said, when you start working, work hard, stay loyal to the company you're working for, because then they'll take care of you. And, you know, even way back then, because I'm not going to give my age away yet, but I'm above 32 now. Mm-hmm. Even back then, we know that's not a reality, but that's what I did, because that's what I was taught. That was my normal. And it wasn't until um, I was introduced to personal development that I realized that there was something else because at the age of 21, I'm laid off from this third company I'm working for. And my mind's going, I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. Why do I keep getting laid off? Why are they downsizing? And I look back and I go, thank goodness. I learned this lesson back then that if I wanted any kind of control over my success, I had to be at the steering wheel of it. Mm -hmm. And where I live here in Canada, at the time we were in what was, you know, like now a, a really depressed time. Our economy wasn't doing well. And because my parents said, you do whatever it takes to support your family, I'm newly married. So I had to find something until I found that real job. And mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. decided to start delivering pizzas for a little pizza delivery company called Domino's Pizza. <laughs> and I started actually making more money getting to drive around. You know, I'm driving in my car, 
window down. Oh, wait, Australia, I've got to go to the other side of the road. Window <laughs> down, driving around in my car, listening to the music and meeting people. I was making more money than my real job. And I was yeah. able to go from being a driver to being a manager, being a manager to actually becoming a franchisee. Yeah. And I'll tell you, um, if it was me, it would never have happened because that was out of the box thinking to even think I could be an entrepreneur. But one of the biggest blessings I have, well, one of my biggest blessings is I have an amazing wife who will not let me play small. She -hmm. will not let me be normal because she came from a very poor family as well. And, and a gift she gives me and I kind of back it up. Um, We met when we were 13. We started dating when we were 16, when she actually tackled my ass to the ground in football because I wasn't noticing her. You're not meant to tell anybody that story. <laughs> uh, no, of course, I, I, I tell it all over the world because it's because of her I am where I am today. Yeah. See, if it was left to me, I'd be comfortably miserable in a job and I'd still be there complaining, bitching, you know, why is it not going right? But with her at my side, we get married at 19. You know, here's where the 32 comes in. In three and a half months, we celebrate our 32nd wedding anniversary, actually. Mm. And because of her, it was like, you know, is being a driver good enough for you? Is that permanent enough? You know, he's got a your franchisee is looking for a manager. I can't go talk to him. It's out of my, you know, zone of knowledge. I've never done it. Go talk to him. So she pushed me in that direction. Um, I become a manager. I get tossed in and, and I'm learning while I'm growing. She becomes my assistant manager. We start working hard, open to close some days a week. And it was just over a year after that also my franchisee decided he wanted out of Domino's Pizza. Mm. We wanted in, we're 23 years old, the average age of a franchisee at that time, but we have one big problem, we don't have any money. Mm. But one thing that I love about your journey is you talk about being on purpose. Mm -hmm. My favorite word in the whole wide world is passion. And my mission statement that I've discovered is I love to guide and assist individuals in identifying their purpose and living it with passion. <laughs> and the reason I went to that is because of the pains in the journey I went through mm-hmm. of trying to be normal. Mm-hmm. See, normal is boring and normal is broke. It's, you struggle when you're normal because you think you have to live in a certain way. And so because of the journey that my wife and I have gone on, we became franchisees. We bought two stores with no money of our own. But because we had the passion and we were just like on purpose that this is what we're going to do, we found a way to do it. And we became franchisees and we were like, oh, we've got a name. We're franchisees now. And we started making some pretty good money. But also in our mindset, which we didn't understand, we were spending more money than we were earning. Mm. And so by the time we're franchisees for eight years, we're over $150,000 in debt and going down very quickly. And people have tried to tell us about learning and growing ourselves. I barely made it through high school. You know, I studied just enough and I graduated with 1% over, you know, the passing grade because I didn't like school. Mm. But now people are telling me you need to learn. And I, even my brother-in-law, and (laughs) this will kind of give you my age. He says, Robert, you need to listen to this guy, Tony Robbins. I just bought his learning course on cassette. You've (laughs) got to listen to these. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't be bothered doing that. Yeah. But here I am now in pain, $150,000 in debt mm. and going, you know, stressed beyond belief. And all of a sudden, my wife and I knew we wanted out of Domino's because we weren't enjoying it anymore. That's one of the mm. reasons we were in debt. And see, and how many people do you have in your audience and in your tribe 
that they hate what they're doing, but they still do it every day because they think it's the only way to pay their bills. And because of that, they stay stuck. And so when they wake up in the morning, do they wake up going, oh, I am ready for today? (laughs) Or do they wake up going, another crappy day. Why am I doing this? Right? Yep. And um, we thought the answer out of Domino's Pizza was to buy another kind of franchise. Yep. But with how deep in debt we were, we could never afford it. But we still went to a franchise expo. Mm -hmm. And someone from us visiting their booth gave us two tickets to a three-hour introductory evening. And we showed up. The only reason we showed up is because each ticket had a $39 value to it. And we're going, we can't, thank goodness our minds went, we can't waste this $39. Yeah. And so we went in and by the end of the three hours, we were just blown away. Um, and it, the, the trainer talked about it. He had a three day weekend coming up three months uh-huh. later and it was $600 to go. But we both went right into the back and we signed up. We're like, wow, if this three hours is any indication of what the three days is going to be like, mm. we're in. And we couldn't yeah. afford to do it, but we did it. Three months later, we've had time to be back in our own environment. And you've heard the mm. saying, environment is stronger than willpower. We're back mm. in our own environment. And so the only reason we traveled to go to the three-day weekend was to actually get a refund, to get our money back. And when I walked in, I was ready for a fight. Because like, don't you dare tell me I can't have my money back. <laughs> I need this money. You don't know my situation. Yeah. Because I was in that normal mindset. Yep. And so they didn't put up a fight. The nicest woman in the world said, she knew what was going on. She just said, look, it's going to take me a bit to put a, um, to figure out how we can do this. Why don't you and your wife come in and sit down and watch for a little bit. At lunchtime, I'll have the answers and we can take care of it. And we, our bodies, because this is how powerful your mind is. Our body knew and our mind knew we were about to have a change in our life. And your mind does not want you to change. Yeah. We actually got physically ill leading up to that event. And so I walk in and I'm like, it's not all over the place. I'm not feeling well. I'm like, <coughs> you know, today if I did that, people would run because of COVID. <laughs> I walk in and, and I'm like, you know, we can't be here. I need a refund. And the girl yeah. who was a volunteer doing the registering, her eyes were like popping up like, oh my God, what do I do? That's why she called <laughs> over the other woman. So we decide to go in and listen until they figure out the refund. And of course at lunchtime, we're in it. Our energy's high. We're having a great time. And the woman comes up, she goes, oh, and there's 700 people in the room. She goes, she finds us. There you are. Are you ready to talk about your refund? And we're like, get away. Are you kidding? I don't want a refund. We're having too much fun. Just, just leave us alone. <laughs> and she became a great friend because she was the one that helped us transition into that. That three-day weekend changed our mindset so much that nine months later, we ended up going from the $150,000 in debt to actually being completely retired, financially free at the age of 32. And my mind went, holy crap, if this little information gave those results, what would more do? And that's when I really dove into learning about being crazy, because to me, you've got to be crazy not to live the life you want to live. Um, And it takes craziness to, I'll never tell people success is easy. Hmm. Never. You've got to put the work in. And that's Mm -hmm. where the crazy really comes in. Because people go, well, Robert, sometimes when you work, you do crazy hours. And you're like, right. You know, tomorrow morning, I'm, right now, my time is just after 8.30, almost 9 o'clock p.m. Mm. When we wrap up, I still have a few things to do. And I start a three-hour training at 5 a.m. So I'll be mm. up at 4 a.m. to get ready for it. And how many people would go, that's crazy. Mm. And I'd be like, maybe for you it is. But for me, it allows me to live the lifestyle I want to have. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's kind of why, when I found my passion was to teach others, it all started. And this is because you're talking about people that maybe are in jobs that want to know how to transition as your audience, as your tribe. Mm. Here's my first recommendation. Don't think your transition and your change has to be life altering, life shattering right away. My first belief when I knew I wanted to be a trainer was if I could even help one person, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one person do what my wife and I had done, go from financial struggle to financial success, it'd make it all worthwhile. And then you start part-time. Don't think you have to give up what you're doing and full on jump in. And because now what happens if you do that, you're now doing it to try to make money again, to pay for your lifestyle and and support your family. So that's going to add extra stress. Mm-hmm. If you say I'm giving, and I've seen so many people go, I left my corporate job cold and I started as an entrepreneur and I struggled and the stress came in because now they went from a guaranteed income to what, how do I pay for next month's rent? How do I pay for food on the table? How do I take care of my family? So one of the things I will tell your, your tribe is just start part-time, mm-hmm. learn, start, take one action, then take another. And once your income is starting to replace the full-time income, and this comes from one of my mentors because, and I love it. If we go to traditional timing, he says, you earn an income from nine to five. You create your life from five to nine. Hmm. And see, when you get home, what you do in those extra hours that where normal people are now sitting in front of the TV, they're just trying to relax. They just want to you know, go mindless. They want to get on social media. If you take a little extra time and put it into your own development, Hmm. That's what changes your life. Hmm. So I kind of dove in a little deeper. I don't know. If I, that's love that. I love that. I love that. There's, there's, there's so many places to go with that, but just to like, just quickly, like I'll, I've made some notes, but just to quickly take off where you've just left off. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I want to talk to you about how in that moment though, when we come home and we're building our night lives nine to five, uh, sorry, five to nine um, in those extra hours, some part of it sounds like, you know, I could just be Netflix and chilling or I could be, you know, out having a hit of tennis with the, with, with the lads. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we're kind of, we're, we're working on, on building this next thing. Um it sounds like we're making a sacrifice, but you and I kind of both know <laughs> that right now, even though you're in a way hustling because it's tomorrow morning, you've got to get up and from the outside looking in, it's a hustle, but from the inside out, you love it, right? Absolutely. And look, even when I was flying 200 
thousand miles a year around the world to train. Mm. I design my life in a way where I take six months a year to be at home. Mm. How many people can say they can take six months a year off mm. and do whatever they want? So right. it's what are you willing to exchange for the life you truly want? Mm -hmm. That's the question right there. And sure, does it mean working a little extra harder in the beginning? Absolutely. But if you would have told me back when I was 32 before the change, if you would have told me that by the time 19 years later, I'll tell you, by the time you're 51, mm -hmm. that I would have traveled around the world several times, personally trained over half a million people, I would have told you you were crazy. Because until I became a trainer, I'd been in Canada and the US, and that was it. That was mm -hmm. my experience of the world. And people go, well, why are you willing to hop on a plane and go 25 hours of traveling? I'm like, why wouldn't I? Mm. I get to experience cultures. I get to, I've become such a more tolerant person from every culture that I've visited. And I realize that we're no better or worse than each other. It's just different. And because maybe I live in a country where it's minus 31 right now, <laughs> does that mean I'm better off or worse off than someone who's in a country where plus 40 and humid is their um, normal day? No, it's just different. And mm. it taught me to start looking for the beauty in everything instead of what most people do, looking for what's wrong in everything, why mm. it won't work. I just love to sit there and look back in awe and go, what can I see that's beautiful? My first trip to India, my first reaction was like, oh, it's dirty, it's gungy. It's like, and it was right after floods in Mumbai, but yet everybody was back to work. And, and all of a sudden when I caught myself going in, because I want your people to understand, I'm no different than anybody else. Mm. I'm no better than anybody else. Is it possible I have a little different information? Absolutely. But isn't it possible other people have different information? I don't. Mm. Absolutely. So why would that make me better or worse? We're all the same. So when I caught myself, because I'm always now monitoring myself and noticing what's coming up for me and why, why do I react the way I do? And also when I noticed I was judging how dirty it was, I stopped. And then I said, okay, Robert, change the lenses. What do you see that's beautiful? And the moment I did that, all of a sudden I saw more happy people than I see in Canada. Mm. They, by our standards, they have nothing, but yet their yeah. happiness way outdoes us. And I, just, I, I stood there and I just started going, this is gorgeous. <laughs> how, how do I have that happiness in my life? Yeah. No matter what's going on around me. And so it, that, it's just, oh man. When, when, you, when you go on the journey and you realize that growing yourself grows your experience and, and you can create the life you want, but it does take work, never think it'll just be handed to you. Mm. And if you mm. look up to someone who has the life you want, don't just, and, and here's where social media drives me crazy sometimes, mm -hmm. but we can talk about that a little bit later too. I, I, I'd love to do a deep dive on how yeah. social media and the dilemma, the social mm. dilemma um, series or mm. uh, uh, um, documentary, a whole new twist on that. But all of a sudden, when I started realizing that, look, I do, I can create my life the way I want it. And it's just a little steps I can have, I'm willing to put in that work to then be able to have a life that very few people have mm. to be able to have the abilities to do things that very few people have. So what is that exchange? What does that pay off? Because if you think it's just going to be easy. So when you look at someone's success and this is what they do on Facebook, they see everybody's great things going, Oh, look how amazing their life is. And then they compare their crap, what's going on in their own personal life, the worst parts of their day to mm. everybody else's best, best parts. part of their they day. They wonder why they're miserable. Yeah. Right. So, yeah.
yeah, I'd love to sort of take your take on social media. Tell us more about what's going on in there. Because one of the things I was going to say is in the first uh, in the first part where you're introducing everything, it was the conversation around all these challenges around being crazy and interfacing with what's normal and in a world that's consistently driving towards normality, kind of being this in-the-box thinking. Just that extreme level of conformity um Mm -hmm. and i don't know how else to put this but the mental health issues that are associated with that (laughs) right which are just like they're they're a real thing one in two around the world in the western world now are either anxious or depressed um huge that's a huge number man that's a huge number yeah and 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 covid's made it worse Mm. because now you're being told to stay indoors, you know, we're still in a bit of a state of emergency here where I live, where I, if someone comes and visit me at my home, mm-hmm. the police can come and give them a thousand dollar fine just mm-hmm. for visiting me in my home. And it, it's crazy. And so it's, it's compounding and people go, well, this is reality. And something that I, I love playing with words. I love playing with acronyms. And so take the word reality and break it down to real. And then I T and Y. And what I realize is that reality is what is real, what real is to you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I'm for thinking. me, yeah. my reality is I can, um, you know, when they say social distancing, that's probably to me the biggest mistake they could have made by labeling it social distancing. Mm. Physical distancing, yes, to stay healthy. But now more than ever, people need to be social. Mm. They to connect because what's happening with most people is they're sitting in a room 24-7 now in their own mind, in their own thoughts. Um, you know, my uncle, my dad is one of 10 kids. His oldest brother, he's the second oldest, and his oldest brother, for the first three and a half months of COVID, in the seniors complex he lives in, he's 84 years old, he wasn't allowed out of his 10 by 10 room. He couldn't come out of the room. They would deliver the food on in front of his door. He'd have to wait till they're gone, open the door and bring it in. And that's if he would left his you know, own little apartment, it was a threat of being ejected out of the compound. How do you put that pressure on people? And if we didn't have social media and thank goodness he was on, you know, he loves using things like uh, messenger and, and zoom and he loves to connect with people and see them. That's what got him through those first months of being in isolation, like he was in prison because he couldn't even leave to go get food. He did, look, prisoners get an hour outside every day, even if they're mm. in solitary. And he wasn't even getting that. And, and so when you think about the reality that we've been put into is how do you design it in a way that you can actually stay healthy of mind? Mm. And this is where your tribe is huge. Mm-hmm. Surrounding yourself and associating and, and I'm going to kind of go into a, a side lesson on this, if that's all right with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and this was a paradigm shift for me, even just this last year. And, and I'm going to ask a question like this to you. Do you think it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people? Uh, it's the one thing that completely changed the game for me. Excellent. And that's the way I used to think. Mm. Until one of my mentors pointed something out. He said, look, you know, if you and I, let's say the two of us, we're sitting at the bus stop and there's three other people there and we're waiting for the bus to go to the mall. We're all of like mind. Mm -hmm. We want to go to the mall. And where's that bus going to take us? Just to the mall. Mm -hmm. 
He said, so if you're surrounded by like-minded people and you're of like mind of restriction, fear, doubt, poverty, what's going to happen, then that's what's going to be your reality. Because we know you will equal the sum of the people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. So the change he decided said to put on it is he said, surround yourself with growth minded people. Mm -hmm. And the big difference and the key distinction between like minded and growth minded is the growth minded people are the ones that are willing to have the harder conversations with you if they feel you, they need to have it. Mm -hmm. So this is where I realized this was my wife, a gift we give to each other. See, as I said, if it was left to me, I'd be comfortably miserable in a job because I was taught to stay in that box. Mm-hmm. But because she's not willing to let me place um, any smaller than I am, and she holds me to that higher standard, it's times where it's like, you know, why don't you do this? No, no, it can't be done. And a like-minded person would say, oh, okay, you're right, I agree, and it end there. But she has the willingness to be tenacious that if she thinks I'm playing small, to hold me and kick my ass and make me go into my greatness. Because as my friend Les Brown says, he says, you have greatness in you. And so when you surround yourself with growth-minded people, the ones that are willing to sit there and say, look, I love you, love you dearly, but you're playing smaller than you are. Why are you limiting yourself? Why are you holding back? And in this arena now, you know, the people in my sphere of influence, it's about how do we impact more lives? And that's kind of the level of standard we hold ourselves to. Because for us, it's not about money. It's about how do we impact more lives, knowing that money comes as a beautiful side effect. Because there's a universal principle that says you will be paid in direct proportion to the value you give. Mm -hmm. So most people are working hard, giving as much value as they can, but because they're trying to do it on their own, Mm -hmm. they're limited. Mm -hmm. Robert, I can't work any harder. You're right. Quit trying to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. Make those connections. Create that tribe. Really be, understand that your expertise is different than someone else's. So to get, together, you can accomplish more and be willing to step up your game and work smarter. Mm-hmm. And then you'll find that, yeah, in the beginning, it might be that harder five to nine to mm-hmm. create your life. But then look at the life I get to have now that very few mm-hmm. people have. I hope that makes sense. It really does. It really does. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, we're talking about health here and you're talking about health from the many different dimensions of it and knowing a little bit about you, Robert, I know um, success is, well, success is something you talk, you spend a lot of time talking about, but it's not not defined. Um, The way that I think, let's just call it the normies <laughs> the way the normies sort of define success. <laughs> Is that like muggles with Harry Potter? Yeah. 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 That's, uh, <laughs> my, uh, yeah. <laughs> let's actually call it that. So you don't define success the way muggles define success. Do you <laughs> Robert? Not at all. Can you tell Not us what success is to you? To me, we are holistic beings. So it's got to cover five things. Your mental, your emotional, your spiritual, your physical, and your financial. Mm-hmm. It's got to be all those realms because we are holistic. And the one area you don't take a look at is the area that you don't focus on is the area that's going to take you out. So to me, success, uh, you know, when I teach people about with my upcoming book called the authority key, I teach them that there's four currencies of life. And Mm -hmm. one of the currencies is a currency of money. Mm -hmm. And what people don't realize is that there's actually each of us, if you have too much money, it's called affluenza. 
and you do crazy things when you have affluenza. You do you spend your money on stupid things. When you have too little money, it's called poverty. Mm-hmm. And that creates a lot of stress. And so an example of affluenza is when the A380 airplanes came out, mm-hmm. the double-decker airplanes. And I love planes. I learned everything I could about this plane. Couldn't yeah. wait to be flying one. You know, it's a billion-dollar plane. And a prince bought one out of the AUE. And um, he ended up paying over a billion dollars for it. And then he spent a hundred million renovating it into his ultimate party plane. See, that to me is insane that you spend that kind of money just to have a party plane, right? Mm -hmm. But so what people think success is, is once I get to be a millionaire, a multimillionaire, I'm successful. Not if you don't have health, not if you don't have great relationships, not if you don't have a great connection um, with, you know, God, whatever higher being you go. If you don't Mm -hmm. have your mentor, your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical, Financial, and, and my wife says it all the time, without health, what is wealth? Mm. And so it's about having that balance. And, and what I love to teach people is that every single one of us actually has a level where when we're in this level of income, it's the right level for us. And mm. it's different for everybody. So I, I traveled before COVID, BC, 200,000 miles a year. That was enough for me to still take six months off. But I have a colleague who was flying a million miles a year he was living on planes and for him he loves it because his goal is to become a billionaire and he's almost there so good on him because that's his and for him it's in alignment with who he is but for me if i want to have time with my family that's what's most important so as long as i have my wealth creating a few hundred thousand dollars a year for me to you know live the lifestyle i enjoy i don't need to have millions and millions and millions and millions and millions every year because if I push for those, the rest of my life pays. So I love to guide people through kind of identifying where their level is, where they know if I'm making this amount, that's the lowest I want to make to really live the life that keeps me balanced. And this is kind of the upper echelon because above that, I go, I do crazy things with my money. And when you find that zone for yourself and you live in there wealth wise, you find that you are able to do and accomplish so many more things than you ever dreamed possible. Because it's about having that balance. And, and to kind of give you a distinction, some people think balance is everything's perfect. And it's like, oh, like it's all good. But I've learned that balance because we're always in flux. Balance is the correcting, the adjusting, mm. the correcting, the adjusting. And that's where self-awareness comes in so much. So that's why, you know, before personal development, I thought meditating was woo-woo. Mm. I'm like, are you kidding? That's what only crazy people do. Mm. But after a four-day Zen retreat, and the most profound thing was said by my Zen master, she because someone asked, he said, look, when I'm here, meditating is easy. Crossing my legs and being in there for 20 minutes is easy. But I know going back home in my crazy life, I'm not going to be able to do that. And my Zen teacher, she said, um, meditating is being present. So anytime you're actually truly present in what you're doing, you're actually meditating. So like right now, you and I are having a conversation. And even though I'm aware of things around me, I'm here with you Mm. in this moment, present right now, which means I'm meditating. And my Mm. goal is to see how much of the day I can actually be in meditation. Because Mm. the more present I am, the more I'm actually experiencing my life instead of life guiding me where it thinks I should go. I get to have a little bit more of that control, if you want to call it that. 
mm-hmm. because I'm now present and I'm really experiencing what's going on around me. Because I don't want to wake up in five years and go, what did I just do for the last five years? I don't remember. Mm. I want to go, you know, when those Facebook memories pop up, go, oh, yeah, that was so amazing. And I can remember this about it. And I can remember that. Mm. And, and so that's kind of, to me, what success is, is having that balance in your life of, so that you can have those great relationships, have that health, have that connection to the divine, yeah. have financial, have everything because you deserve it you absolutely deserve it (laughs) i love that thank you so much and i love the the piece on balancing as well um i think it's really interesting one of the one of the people we've had on is um is uh, benny ferguson he's a movement monk here in australia and he talks about i remember having him on the podcast and that realization that you just shared really dropped in it was like balancing and it's not about stillness it's about realignment every infinitesimally small moment to the very next infinitesimally small moment it's like coming back into like correction again and again and again and again and again so yeah i I love that um you talk about the fact that you've never really failed there's only ever been feedback can you tell us a little bit more about that (laughs) (laughs) success success left a clue but you've never failed (laughs) well and in the beginning i thought i was always failing i've had more failures what people might deem as failures than the average person Mm. but then again when another mentor said it's not a failure because at least you tried. And if you learn from something from it, then you know not what to do. And some of our greatest successes come from our biggest setbacks. And so when he said, it's not a failure, it's actually just feedback. I started looking at it different because instead of beating myself up relentlessly, you know, there's a saying that says, if we had a best friend who treated us the way we treat ourselves, they wouldn't be our friend for very long because we take it from ourselves, even though we wouldn't take it from others. And I was terrible at beating myself up. Mm. And so also when I started going through that mindset shift that, okay, this didn't work again. Okay, stop it. Good. Notice that it, you know, you're, you're catching yourself. What did you learn? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. three questions it comes down to. What worked? What didn't work? What can be done differently? Mm-hmm. And the moment I started asking those three questions in everything I do, whether it's on my own or with a team, we always debrief. What worked, what didn't work, what could we do different? So instead of saying, hey, what was great and what was the failures? It's like, okay, what didn't work? And it's no emotion to it. It's like, this didn't work, this didn't work, this great. Now that we've identified it, that didn't work, what can we do different? And that's where the feedback. And the moment I took it from the F of failure to the F of feedback, that's when I quit beating myself up as relentlessly. Mm. And I was able to say, you know what? Now I'm going to fail three times faster. (laughs) My goal is to fail three times faster so I get three times the feedback. And that's the difference. Look at what they say about how many millionaires that you know go bankrupt. And mm-hmm. people go, bankruptcy, bad. <sighs> um, hello, is it better to try and get feedback and rebuild than it is to just sit there and be miserable your whole life because you never tried? Mm. Hmm, it's only for you to decide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are steps to success. Yes, sir. And uh, from what I understand, there's about six of them. I may be wrong, um, but I've done some research. So can you step me through? <laughs> I love that. I might be wrong, but I have done some research. Absolutely. And this is why I'm, I'm loving playing with you because I can tell you and I both have the same 
warped sense of humor. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, I love your laugh. Your laugh just lifts me up, man. That, like I've got goosebumps right now. I'm lit. Because, oh, I enjoyed. It's it's quite well, polarizing, many, actually. You 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 tune it, into the YouTube comments and like I think seventy five percent of people are like, oh, that's hilarious. Like I'll laugh along with Amrit, and then twenty five people are like, if only he wouldn't laugh, his interviews would be fantastic. <laughs> right. And so here's the question: What do you choose to focus on? Oh, this is coming from a, a reformed people pleaser, mm. a reformed people pleaser. Yep. When I started training a small room of an audience with a thousand, 1500 people. Mm-hmm. And when I started training, I could have 999 people riveted in their seats, mm-hmm. hanging off every word, loving what they're learning. And all of a sudden one person would stand up and walk out of the room. Mm. And where do you think my focus would go to the one person inside? I'd be like, <gasps> they don't like me. Yeah. What? <laughs> my focus on them. And meanwhile, they were headed to the freaking bathroom. Actually, <laughs> yeah. But look what my mind did, right? Yeah. And so the moment I started going, here's who I am, and, and it's kind of another clue for your listeners and your viewers is, I believe the greatest gift anybody can give this world mm. is to be you, to yeah, be authentic. Man. Yeah, man. Because when you're authentic. There's going to be people who like you. Great. Mm. There's going to be people that don't like you. Great. Mm. There's over 7 billion people on this planet. (laughs) Are we going to get everybody to like us? But as a people pleaser, I thought I had to. Mm. And how tiring was it trying to make all the people, you know, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It is. (laughs) It is. And I became like the little puppy. If I wanted someone to really like me, I'd be like, please, 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 come on. And he'd be like, Get away from me, you freak. <laughs> and the moment I started saying, you know what? If they don't like me for who I am, then I'm going to focus on the people who truly like me for who I am. Mm. And what an energy release. Mm. What a weight lifted off of my shoulders. Because now I could just focus on being me. So when, when it, and it's so easy with social media to read those comments and look at how many, um, Famous people, celebrities, they go down a dark tunnel because of the few negative comments. Some of them committed suicide because of the negative comments, even though the majority are people love what they do, but a few can take them out. Mm -hmm. And and that's why like part of my mission is, is to really help people understand that in all your craziness, whoever you are, you are so amazing. (laughs) And you know, a gentleman I'd love to hook you up with. I think you would love on your podcast is a gentleman by the name of Aaron Huey. Okay. And you know, his big thing is his, his passion in life. Him and his wife run a center in Colorado where they take at-risk youth. His goal is that youth never need his facility, but his facility is there for ones that have gone into deep, um, you know, drug addictions, alcohol addictions, uh, attempted suicides, and he works with families with at-risk um, kids. And he is such a beautiful soul, such mm. a beautiful soul. And one of the greatest lessons that helped me go from being that people pleaser to really owning who I am is I'm training. And I've now been, not only am I training thousands of people, but I'm developing trainers. I'm teaching them how to teach in the style I do. And I'm, I, you know, I'm still hard on myself that I'm not that good. I'm, and it, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing when I look back and go, how the how did I even think that way? And I, I was doing a training where he was there with us 
and I had six trainers I was teaching and we had a breakout session with them. And, and he came in to do a session because he reads body language. He reads facial language. The guy is just, he, he's phenomenal. Um, one of the be best things I like about him, he's aerodynamic like me. <laughs> and he, he was talking to one of my students, one of my trainers that I was developing. And the trainer said, yeah, I'm loving Robert because he's my guru. And I didn't even realize I flinched a little bit. Mm. And all of a sudden, Aaron stops him. He says, Tom, wait. He said, he looks at me and goes, Robert, what happened? And I'm like, nothing, Aaron. Just keep going. He goes, no. Why, why did you just react the way you did? I'm like, Aaron, this is about them. Just let it go. He goes, no, the train's not going any further until you fess up, brother. What's going on? And I'm like, oh. I said, I don't like the word guru. He says, why? I said, because I, why, are, why am I being put up on a pedestal? I'm no different than anybody else. I'm just me. And he had me do a great little exercise that paradigm shifted. One had to clap me. And, mm. and I'm, I'm going to have you do this. I want you to spell the word guru for me. G-U-R-U. Yeah. So I said, G-U-R-U. And he said, G, you are you. <laughs> and in that instant, it became the greatest compliment anybody could give me. Because how many people <laughs> so think they have to be something else? Yeah, totally. But when you're you, you're giving the world a gift. When you're you and you're aligning with people that like you for who you are, not who they think you should be, mm. that's when your true magic, your true passion, your true greatness comes out because you're not looking for permission to be you. Mm. You just are. That's the way I look at it now. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. And I think... <clears throat> that plays into what we were talking about being crazy before, right? Like embracing our own crazy. That is really the only chance we have to embrace the most, most authentic version of ourselves. I feel like, because yeah. when you really go to get crazy, it's like, that's my kind of crazy, like that laugh, whatever I touch it, you call it, whatever you want to call it, but it's my kind of crazy laugh, you know, like it's, you know, laughing. I used to have friends that were like, Amrit, Amrit, it goes like this. Ha 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 ha! Like trying to coach me into a laugh. <laughs> oh my goodness! And as I was saying that, I was just like, "Dude, you're gonna break me! Like, I can't! Like, I just you doing that to me is making me laugh." And I just I couldn't get it. Like, I just could. Ha ha! <laughs> so, sorry, bro. That's not happening. Not around here. But I think that's like the greatest hack was finding your authenticity as well. Was like. What is it that's uniquely used that's cr like your crazy version of yourself? Because um, yeah. you can't fake your crazy. And actually, that's what I used to like uh, remember, like relationship uh, relationships early on as well. Is like now married uh, to my beautiful wife. We've been together for 10 years. But like early on, it was like you could figure out a person by what they found funny. Like that was always just like the lowest hanging litmus. It's like I just told a joke. Oh, you didn't find it funny. Oh, shit. This isn't. This isn't going to work. <laughs> like, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but my jokes aren't funny. So that's. That... <laughs> but that's, that's the whole thing, right? Like, so, but like, even with my wife now, like my jokes are not funny, but they hurt her a little bit because they're so painful to listen to that watching her squirm a little bit, she'll look at me are and she'll like. Are we related? <laughs> probably probably sounds like it because you turn around and you're like you're doing it on purpose now <laughs> I, I entertain myself i'm not gonna say 
<laughs> I, I, I learned when, because I'm training around the world, I have translators and some rooms can be up to six different languages being translated simultaneous. Mm. And I realized that my Canadian humor yeah. doesn't translate into other languages sometimes. <laughs> and so it was something another one of my friends taught me. He said, Robert, here's what I, you tell your translator. And as soon as he told me, I went up to my interpreters. And I said, okay, here's the deal. If I tell a joke and you're not getting it, you're not understanding it, here's what I want you to say in your microphone to their earphones. The trainer just told a joke, laugh, please. <laughs> and so when I get the biggest laughs in the audience, I know what they did. Because <laughs> the people are now going, and they're laughing like crazy. And I look at the, I look at the translation booths and they're just like, right? And, and we just make it fun. That's because... Fun. Life is too short not to have fun. There are way too many serious people on this planet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Let's tell, tell us a bit about that, man. I still want to get to the six steps, but I really want to understand like success and fun because people think success, yes, it's hard work, but why can't it be fun? Like it's, it's like follow your passions, right? Like tell us yeah. a little bit more about, yeah. Well, and that's it. And it was a rule before I even started doing what I do now. Um, it's just something that's always been inherent in me is to have fun. And when my wife and I first started owning our Domino's pizzas and managing, and we'd go through a hiring process, we'd be in an interview with someone and we'd let them know that, look, one of our number one rules working here at this store is you have to be willing to have fun. And the reason is, is because when we're making a hundred or more pizzas in an hour from scratch in our mm -hmm. dinner rushes, in mm -hmm. when we're getting slammed, it gets stressful. So if we're already not having fun and we're already stressed, and you know, Emmerich, that one negative person can infest the whole rest of the um, mm -hmm. group. And so, mm -hmm. you know, during busy times, you have 15 people making pizzas. You have up to 20 drivers on the road. If you got one negative Nelly, it can impact everybody. So our rule was simple is that we have fun. Mm -hmm. If we find you're in a bad mood and it's impacting the, um, the business, we're going to send you home. Mm -hmm. If it happens more than a couple of times, we're sitting down to have a conversation about your future with us mm -hmm. because I choose to surround myself with people that, you know, because uh, in Domino's, like anything in life, the customer, number one, mm -hmm. golden rule, treat others like you'd like to be treated. So our customers were our, they were our everything. We do whatever we could to take care of them. The only thing I would not put up with is if a customer started getting verbally abusive to one of my staff, that's when I step in and I take over and I ask them not to be a customer anymore. Because yeah. there's, you know, but other than that, the customer's always right. Mm -hmm. And and what people don't realize is some of the greatest, if you want to be an entrepreneur, and this is for your people that want to go from working to being an entrepreneur, if you take the mindset mm -hmm. that you're going to make mistakes, because you will, <clears throat> learning curves, you will have them. But an upset customer, if it was something that wasn't, you didn't do on purpose, is actually a greater opportunity to become one of your greatest raving fans because of the way you take care of them. Because if everything's always going great, they're gonna be a good customer. But if there's a mistakes ever made and they're upset, how you let them Handle know that, that they mean a lot to you is mm -hmm. what's gonna then, I had one customer, her son, autism. He only liked his pizza a certain way, very a thin crust, very light sauce, pepperoni. And she had gone from pizza store to pizza store because he, he wanted pizza. And so she went and in all these places after one or two orders, they'd be like, sorry, can't handle this anymore. We don't make our pizzas that way. And we just embraced her and we're like, Mrs. O'Connor, you tell us how Robert wants his pizza. We'll make it. And 
did it the first time. We made a couple adjustments because she could tell if he liked the pizza or not. Within a, a week and a half or first two, three orders, he had it down where he loved the pizza. Over the next three years, we um, were still manual. Everybody in our store, as soon as the phone rang, they saw the phone number. Hi, Mrs. O'Connor, how are you doing today? Same pizza for Robert. And because normally it was just a pizza for him, but sometimes her and her husband would add on a second pizza. But he was ordering three times a week mm. because that's how much he loved pizza. Mm -hmm. And because we took care of her, she and we gave her a special price. We made sure that if there was ever a mistake, we took care of it. One of the things that hurt my heart the most was when we sold that store. And the new owner, I said, this is Mrs. O'Connor. Look at the computer. Since we computerized, she's ordered 453 times in the last mm -hmm. few years. She's a good customer. And he's like, that's too cheap of a price. I said, she's a good customer. Take care of her. She tells a lot of people. It was about a month after we turned over the store because she had my personal number. She calls me. She says, Robert, um, they're not making the pizza the way Robert likes it. And they're increasing the price every time we order. And I'm, I'm, I just don't know what to do. And I called up the owner and I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, and I just went, wow. I phoned back Mrs. O'Connor. I said, look, let me help you find a store that will take care of you because obviously he won't. And I am so sorry for that. Mm. You know, for how many years she had been such an amazing customer and ego and wanting just more money. He, he couldn't even calculate the business she brought to us because I know she told everybody how we took care of her. Mm. But how many people are short term? They're, they're short term focused. They don't see the long picture. Mm -hmm. To be successful, you've got to look at that long term. You've got to look at where you want to go and what are the steps you're doing to take there. And that's why I put six steps into success left a clue. And that kind of ties in. First one is you got to dream big. You have mm. to dream big. You know, I love how Les Brown says it's not that we set our goals too high and we miss them. Is so we set them too low and we hit them. And when we do that, it gets us into a, living a mediocre life. Mm -hmm. And so this mm -hmm. is why I'm passionate about vision boards, create vision boards and just put, you know, what would you ultimately love to see and dream big. Now, most of my dreams never come true in my timeline, mm -hmm. but I'm still way further ahead than people that don't dream at all. Mm -hmm. So that's step number one. Step number two, find a mentor or someone to model from. Oh, dude. See, we've been taught through school to figure it out on our own, to not copy other people, not ask for help. And all of a sudden we come into the real world and we wonder why we struggle because our mindset thinks we have to figure it all out on our own. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, I don't know, I don't care what you want to do. Unless you're an uh, Elon, Elon Musk, I guarantee you someone's done what you want to do before. Mm -hmm. So find how they did it, find the system they used and follow the freaking system. Mm, mm, mm. most people they'll see a great system that will give them the results they want but because of their conditioning through school their mind goes i can't copy them that's cheating so they try and reinvent the wheel they try to come up with a different way of doing it and then they wonder why they struggle so one of the mm. clues i love to give people is simply this if you want to reinvent the wheel do it later do it later <laughs> Follow the system, get yeah. the success. And then once you have the success, if you still want to reinvent, then you can, because right. at least you have the success. And so I love to mentor people. And this is because the other part of finding someone to model or mentor mm -hmm. is giving back. Mm. As you're on your journey, ask yourself, who could I be of service to? Who could mm -hmm. I mentor? 
well, Robert, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I haven't accomplished all my goals. No, but you started. So be authentic with where you're at. And there'll be people that maybe aren't at that level that you can still help. So not only find a mentor or someone to model from, but who can you mentor? And this is why like my passion, my true passion is helping trainers because I've trained thousands of trainers and, and I, my specialty or my superpower, my zone of genius, if you want to call it, is I can watch someone on stage and I can say, stop, raise your head a little bit, look this way, put a pause in right there. And I can enhance their authenticity and their presence on stage. So when I take on a mentoring student, because they have to work so deeply with me, yes, it costs them a lot of money, but the cool thing is I'm living my passion and I'm getting paid at the same time. How does it get any better than that, right? <laughs> so find a mentor model, someone to model. That's step two. Step number three is the critical step most people make. They have big dreams. They have big aspirations. They find a great mentor or someone to model, but they forget to take action. Mm. Fear holds them back. Mm-hmm. Doubt. Um, not believing in themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things. Things that even still plague me but I've conditioned myself not to be stopped because I have the people around me that if I do slow down or stop, they give me that swift kick in the ass to keep me going and keeping the momentum. And so one step in the direction, I love the saying, one step in the um, right direction is worth a thousand years of thinking about it. So success comes one step at a time. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting overwhelmed and I'm ready. Have you ever been overwhelmed before? Oh man, (laughs) plenty, plenty. Right. Mm -hmm. And I knew the answer and here's why. See, and this is where meditation comes in about being present. The reason people get overwhelmed is because they set their goal, their dream, and now they're a thousand miles ahead of themselves, a thousand steps of what do I, you know, what's it going to be like when I get there? And they forget to say, now let's break it down and come back to being present. Take a nice deep breath in, let it out. What's one step I can do to head in that direction? And then you take that step. The overwhelm comes from being so far ahead of yourself. So take action. Step number four, which is the one that when people have success, because they've set their dreams, they find a mentor model, um, they've taken action, they're getting success. And then they sabotage Mm. because they forget step number four, which is to celebrate your successes. Mm -hmm. Celebrate. You know, (sighs) every day. Tonight when we finish this interview, I'll wind down with my wife. We'll watch a little more TV. I'll get ready for bed. Before I go to bed, I'll check in with myself. What was my successes for the day? Mm. And I keep a success journal. Now, I do it a little different than a lot of people. I don't write my successes down right away. I use my app, Amantora, that I invented um, to keep my um, success journal digitally. But I don't write it down at night. See, what I do is I check in with myself. What were my successes today? And it's graduated to not just successes, but really to what am I grateful for? Mm. What am I grateful for? You know, I look at minus 31 where I'm at right now. It's minus 31 with my um, windshield minus 45. So you better believe I'm grateful that I have a beautiful home to live in, mm-hmm. that I have heat, of course. right? Yeah. And so I check in with myself before going to bed. So now my dreams and my rest is around gratitude and successes. And then when I wake up, I take the first five minutes of every day to A, write in my success journal and get them down now because I've sat with them overnight, but B, I visualize, I meditate, and I ask myself, and this comes from a friend of mine who he, um, not only does he study quantum physics, but he was actually a monk for eight years 
over 15,000 hours of meditation. He's mm. brilliant. He can tell you all about spirituality and then break it down in quantum physics, why it works. I, I nicknamed him my quantum monk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd love mm-hmm. to connect you with him as well. <laughs> he, he's, just, awesome. he, he's brilliant beyond belief. And yeah. what he says is take the first five minutes and sit with yourself and ask yourself, what would my most amazing day look like? And in those five minutes, create an amazing day. And that's how I start my days. Now, again, does it mean that's what my day is going to necessarily turn out like? No, but I've already kicked myself off to have such a phenomenal day. So celebrate your successes. And the smaller your mind makes them, the bigger I want you to celebrate them. (laughs) Step number five, believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. You know, Aaron Huey, again, one of the things he said, it's not about being self-centered. It's about being centered in yourself. And it's not arrogance, it's confidence. So you believe, because here's kind of what happens, because step number six is repeat the first five steps. (laughs) As easy (laughs) as that. Because what happens is you set your dreams. You find a mentor model, someone to model. You take action. You celebrate the success, which elevates your belief in yourself. So then now that allows you to set bigger dreams, bigger goals, find greater mentors to model, find, take bigger actions, have bigger celebrations, which raises your belief, which allows you to set even bigger. And it becomes a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful perpetual cycle. So those are the things that I love. And that's, that's the six steps of success left a clue. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. There's so much in there. I think the key piece I want to, and I love the piece about celebration. That's actually my favorite. My values are connection, contribution, and celebration. So celebration was always going to be like this big one. And yeah, I find many different, unique, interesting ways to celebrate. But despite where people thought I was going to go with this, um, I'm conscious of the time, but I do want to tune in and say, all right, for those that are looking for a mentor, I think that's a hurdle which those tuning into the Inspired Evolution uh, would probably be interfacing. I think there's a lot of dreamers in this space. We dream big. I think there's a lot of people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and take action in this space. Um, I think hopefully tuning into a podcast where someone's highest values are connection, contribution, celebration, we're all celebrating together. There's the Facebook community there. We're always in there cheering each other on. Um, belief, sure, we can go there, but I think finding a mentor to model. Because um, yes. the steps, just to summarize for those, it's dream big, find a mentor to model, take action, celebrate, believe, rinse and repeat. So point number two, find a mentor to model. Any advice on there, Raymond? Absolutely. Look, here's the thing. Mentorship isn't what you may think it looks like. Mm. You have to get creative. Mm -hmm. I love reading and watching biographies because some of the greatest mentors for me are people that are no longer around. So how am I going to be able to personally mentor from them? So I find out what books they have. I find out if they developed a training. I find out if there's been a biography, either an autobiography or a biography written on them. And I study those. Um, Steve Jobs, his biography. You know, the fact that he gave permission to someone else to write it and said, I'll go hands off because I know you're the person that can write it. I learned so much about him that he was indirectly mentoring me. Uh, My biggest value for people on Mentor So, find someone who is in alignment with your values. Mm. so many times people go well they've got the success i want i don't really like who they are as a person but you know what i'm gonna mentor from them anyway mm-hmm. and i i've done that i've done that and that's how it came to the realization is that i was even though i learned and i'm blessed and feel blessed for the journeys i've gone on and what i've been able to accomplish 
but I now realize I choose to only mentor from people who aren't in alignment with my values. And because I care about people and if they're just in it for the money, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's what I do kind of then on the reverse. If I'm mentoring a trainer, my number one rule with them is I'll say, if I find out and it seems to me that you're only doing this for the money, I won't train you anymore because you're doing it for the wrong reason. Mm-hmm. You've got to be doing it because you want to truly help people. And again, and yet I know it's hard when I say you have to believe me in this, but I've proven it so many times. You truly be of service and you live your passion and you be of value. That tool called money will come to you. Mm-hmm. It will come to you. So in a mentorship, that's some of my um, things. And when I talk about being creative, I'll give you the example. When I knew I wanted to be a trainer, the person that I was training from and I wanted to mentor me so bad, uh, you know, he helped me become financially free. My wife and I had started volunteering because now that we don't have to work, I knew I wanted to be in this energy. Uh, I'm a procrastinator. And so because I, I, instead of beating myself up over being a procrastinator, I came up with the saying that says, design your day in such a way that procrastination cannot play. <laughs> and the reason I do that is because I know if I, I book my meetings, I book calls for first thing in the morning, because when I commit to someone else that I'm going to be on a call, I'm out of bed. Accountable. Yep. You done. Right. Yep. But if I don't book my first one till noon, there's my mind will go, oh, just sleep a little longer, mm. sleep a little longer. Mm. And so I've learned who I am. I'm self-aware of that. And mm-hmm. so we were volunteering a lot for this gentleman. And I've always wanted to ask him that question if he would mentor me. And so we were doing, we were helping him and volunteering at one of his evening previews and we're sitting down having drinks afterwards. Cause now he knows who my wife and I are cause we've been at helping a lot mm-hmm. and we're sitting down and I finally had the courage. I took a deep breath and I said, I have a question for you. He said, what is it? And I, and I put my heart on my sleeve and I said, will you mentor me? And he thought for a moment and he said, no. He said, I don't have the time to do one-on-one mentoring. And if I did, it would probably cost you about a million dollars. And I'll tell you, I took it personally. I took it hard. I, mm. I smiled. I'm like, okay, I appreciate your time, blah, blah, blah. But the moment my wife and I were out of sight, I just let loose. Who the hell does he think he is? Look at all the volunteering we do. And he dares say no. And mm. I just went on a rant and a rampage. And I'm like, we're never volunteering again. And my wife just stood there quietly listening, nodding her head. She let me get it all out. She's at the end. She goes, are you done? I'm like, are you? So she listened a little. I said, <laughs> then she goes, are you done? I'm like, what do you mean? Am I done? She says, are you done with this shit? I'm like, how dare you? She goes, look, listen, first of all, not volunteering anymore. Wrong answer. And I'm like, pardon me. She goes, we're going to volunteer more. I thought my wife had gone off her rocker. Mm. I'm like, what do you hell you mean we're going to volunteer more? She goes, well, if I get this straight from what you're just saying, you're upset because he spoke his truth. That he didn't have the time and it will cost us a lot of money. She's like, Robert, do we have a million dollars to spend? I'm like, "Uh, hell no. She Mm. goes, so you're upset that he spoke his truth and you can't handle it. So I get why you're upset. And I'm like, but she goes, shut up. (laughs) she says not only are we not going to stop volunteering the reason we're going to volunteer more and she says because is there more than one way to get mentored Mm -hmm. she says when we're at the events and you're watching them on stage are you not learning yeah (laughs) (laughs) suppose so (laughs) yeah right 
She says, so if we volunteer more, doesn't that mean we're going to learn more? Mm -hmm. And it was right after that, as we're volunteering, I ended up becoming his personal assistant, which meant when he was on the stage, I had to sit my ass in a chair and watch every move he made from the stage. I got his meals. I shined shoes for him, pressed his shirts if he needed. I did whatever. And this is a success clue for people, Mm Emre, is that they're willing to do whatever it takes to learn. Mm -hmm. No ego. Be of service. And because of that, I ended up spending more, and it came to reality, or it really hit me when that same woman that got us to go to that program and not fight about a refund, who was now a good friend, she made it really kind of click in. We had just finished five weekends in a row of volunteering at our own expense, five weekends in a row. And she came up to us and she says, do you realize you've spent more one-on-one time with him in these last five weekends than anybody in the office has in over a year. Mm-hmm. And see, I'd created the reality where he ended up mentoring me he and he didn't adult. even know he was. Mm-hmm. And it didn't cost me a million dollars. <laughs> and it's interesting when people get upset because, okay, you went to college, you went to university, right? Mm-hmm. And you studied to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. Did that take a big time investment? Massive. Was it a big money investment? Massive. So get this. A guy got upset at me one time. He says, man, you and Roxanne, you're amazing. You're always here. I hope he's paying you a lot of money. And I said, nope, I don't make a dime. Well, tell me he's at least covering your costs. Nope. And he went on a tirade. How dare he be so cheap? And, da, da, da. and I, I, I just let him vent. And I said, let me ask you a question. I said, did you go to university? Yeah. Did you spend a lot of money? Yeah. I said, so I get it. And he had spent $60,000 on his university education taken two and a half years on his studies. I said, so you're upset at me for taking two years of my time and volunteering and giving back to get to do what I want to do and save a million dollars that I didn't have to pay. Mm. When you paid two and a half or spent two and a half years and paid 60 grand for your education, huh? I get why you're upset. (laughs) Perspective. So when it comes to being mentored, do whatever it takes to be able to create the situation where you get to learn from the people that are in alignment with you, mm-hmm. whatever it takes and just be a sponge. Don't tell yourself you can't mentor from someone. You find a way to make it work. And I guarantee you do your life will change just like that. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, kind of bleeding into the next step of take action. I'm, I'm not going to ask you about it, but I'm just going to share something with you, which is something that came through to me. I love the, like what you shared there in terms of there are so many different ways to get mentored because one of my favorite people that's passed away is Alan Watson. I listen to his stuff almost multiple times a week and just listening to him. And I literally feel like he is a mentor. Um, yeah. And so I love the way you articulated that. That's really, really, really helpful for me. And even just, Volunteering your time and energy, I think <clears throat> there's just something in there I want to just sort of riff on you with. Like, I, I don't really know what's different um, about the perspective here, but I just want to share with you kind of my truth and sort of we can exp- expand on it from there. The first year that I started as a speaker, because like the podcast started, and then I became a coach. And then from there, it was like a couple of speaking opportunities opened up and I wasn't great just to be honest, like it felt great. Like I enjoyed the speaking, but I was like, there's going to be like, I've got to pull my socks up. Like there's like, there's better speakers out there. And so I started looking for speaking engagements where I could go and like build my chops. And 
what came back unanimously was like, oh, sorry, there's no opportunity to speak. And so I knocked a little bit harder on the door and I was like, oh, what if I, like, excuse me, what if I pay to be on stage? And they were like, what? People normally expect to get paid to be on stage. And I was like, no, well, knock, knock. Like, I'm just knocking a bit harder. Like, I would like to know what it's like to speak to an audience of 6,000 people. Um, If the opportunity is not there for me, can I create the opportunity for myself? Um, and the people are like, uh, yeah, all right, for 500 bucks, you can come and speak to an audience of 6,000 people. And I was like, uh, okay. I thought it was going to be the thousands, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay. Right. And boom, you're there, right? So, And then you're speaking yeah. to an audience of 6,000 people. Now, based on potentially my own laurels, I couldn't have gotten in. But with a bit of a support and a bit of like, okay, looking at it exactly the same perspective that you just shared with us, I'm investing in an education. Like, I'm paying to learn to be where I want to be. I've spent so many thousands in a university. This is like the university of life, 500 bucks to like learn to be in a space where exactly what I want to be, have the relationships, meet the people, learn how to walk out on stage, communicate my message, the message that's in my heart to such a large audience, to walk away with all that feeling, the learnings, the insights, what went well, what didn't go so well, what can we do differently? Um, <laughs> from that point, I was like, ridiculous. And I, I did that for the first year. And then from there, people were like, oh, well, this is going good. And then that sort of tumbleweeded into then obviously paid gigs started coming in because people were like, well, Amrit does all right on stage, touch wood, and that sort of evolved into its own thing. Um, but I always find there's that resistance. It's like, oh, well, I'm a speaker. And it's like, well, how, how many engagements have you had in the last year? Oh, just one or two. And it's like, are you paying to be on stage? And it's like, no. And it's like, why not? And it's like, why well, I'm a, I'm a speaker. I get paid to speak. It's like my profession. And it's oh. like. And look, T.R. Becker's book, Secrets of Millionaire Mind, my absolute favorite quote, every master was once a disaster. (laughs) If you would have seen me on stage when I began, people actually went, they would come up and go, look, I get it. You want to be a speaker, but dude, I don't think you have what it takes. And because I'm just too tenacious to not, you know, to not give up on my dream, it was like, but I struggled. But my first contract was a one-year contract to teach and contract out. And again, I know I'm a procrastinator, so I use that to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And when I sat down to negotiate, we came up with a deal that people told me was absolutely stupid because it was going to be a set amount for a whole year. If I didn't get used, I got paid. But if I got used to train, I got paid. And I knew the mindset of the gentleman that the moment he signed that contract, he was going to use the heck out of me. And in my first year, the moment we signed that contract, I did 48 full-on multi-day trainings in my first year. So I couldn't help but get better. And people go, well, Robert, you break down what you made per event. Your staff made more money per event than you did. And I said, and? Where am I today? See, I got all that experience. Mm -hmm. But people don't think outside the box that way. It's like that. I'm a speaker now. You gotta pay me. It drives me crazy when people go, Well, I my rate is thirty-five thousand dollars for a two-hour talk. Great. When's the last time you were paid that? Well, you know, it's been about a year and a half, but when they're ready to pay me, I'll be ready. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it comes back to if you love what you do, you know, it's just a blessing that you get paid to do it. <laughs> you just gotta go along for the fun and the ride of it. Oh, Robert, yeah. I'm having fun here, man. I could have you here all day, unconscious of the time. Brother, thank you so much. Like, it, uh, 
say thank you for here today. Also, you know, from me and the Inspired Evolution community, we're aware that it's not just today that informs this conversation. It's a life's work that goes into it. So thank you so much for, yeah, you know, just showing up, doing the work consistently and then showing up here with us today and sharing yourself so openly, so vulnerably with so much fun. Um, as part of the community and myself, we're wishing you all the best. Um, as always, it's what we're all about. Um, and man, thank you so much. For those that want to check out your work, what's the best place to get in touch? Obviously, there's the book. Is that your favorite way for people to reach out to you? What's 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 present for you? Yeah, you know, for me, reach out on Facebook. Um, you know, under on Facebook, just type in my name, um, Robert Riopel. You'll see Robert Riopel Fan Club or yeah. a fan page. And follow me on my fan page as a journey around what used to be the world, but now the world of my reality. Um, I love to stay connected and answer questions. And, you know, I actually have a gift for your listeners and your tribe, if, if you're so interested. Mm-hmm. If they go to um, SLAC, which stands for Success Left a Clue, so S-L-A-C dot rocks mm-hmm. forward slash book, they can actually have my, the ebook Success Left a Clue is my gift to them for oh. spending the time to watch your podcast. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Robert. Really appreciate that. And guys, thanks for tuning in. You can feel free to head over to slac.com forward slash book and get yourself a copy. slac.rocks, R-O-C-K-S, forward slash book. Forward slash book. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. Um, And we'll put a link to Robert's Facebook page as well in the show notes for you guys to stay connected. Robert, thank you so much again. Big hearts, medium hearts, (laughs) nano hearts. (laughs) thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the inspired evolution if you're loving these episodes make your way across to youtube click subscribe fresh episodes are launched every monday with highlights being released throughout the week thank you so much and hey guys just so you know a lot of love heart soul and work goes into these episodes so if you could please leave us a five-star review and comment on itunes i love reading your positive feedback it fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love thank you so much for your wonderful feedback i can't wait to see you again in the next episode big love from amrit And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 